from the Beantown Athletic Studio in Boston. This is the Danny Picard Show, Friday, December 9th, 2016. Today's show presented by Beantown Athletics, your number one source for screen printing and embroidery. From designing to printing, Beantown Athletics does it all. Go to beantownathletics.com right now and get a free quote for your customized apparel. Today's show is also presented by DraftKings. You can play for free right now at DraftKings.com by using my promo code PIC. That's P-I-C, which is my nickname for anybody who is wondering what P-I-C stands for. That's your promo code PIC. You can play DraftKings for free right now. And people have actually asked me in the last couple days if they use my promo code on DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app and they play for free, can they win money in that game? And I say, well, of course you can. You know, it's just a promo code that allows you to play a game for free. You can still win money with that game. So basically, you can win free money. And who doesn't like free shit? That's why you need to use my promo code at DraftKings.com right now. P-I-C. I know you don't want to hear about my fantasy football playoffs. And I'm not going to get too deep into it. But I was playing against Tyreek Hill last night. And he put up like 22 points. So, it's not looking good. So, next week at this time, I could be eliminated from the fantasy football playoffs. But at DraftKings, none of that matters because every week is a brand new season. Just pick your contest, draft your team, and follow the action live. And it's not just football. DraftKings has something for everybody. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, soccer, golf, NASCAR, MMA, you name it, they have it. Set up private leagues, or if you're new to DraftKings, join beginner contest. Because there are huge prize pools every single day. So don't wait. Start your new season right now at DraftKings.com. And again, use the promo code PIC. That's P-I-C. To play for free with your first deposit. DraftKings.com. Pete, what's going on? How you doing today? I'm good. Beautiful day in Dorchester. Today. In the holiday spirit yet? Oh, yeah. Christmas time, baby. You are. You saw the wreath put we put up in the window? I have not seen it. Oh, no. you got to see it. It's I didn't awesome. see it. I come in the other way. Yeah, I drive in good. from the other side. It makes me feel I don't good. get to see that. Um, no, but I'm happy. All right. I just, you know what I bought the other day? I bought a four-foot tree at Christmas Tree Shop. They don't pay me for that read, but that is a fucking free read. That's as free read as you're going to get on this show. Christmas Tree Shop, four-foot tall tree, $25.99. Tossed it in the living room, you know? And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful tree. Though, it's a, obviously a fake tree. When you're putting those things together... It's like, it's a two, it's only four feet, so it's two pieces, and you got to bend. It's like, they're on wires, right? Like, the branches are on wires. You got to bend them down. I, like, broke all the branches as I'm bending them, and you can never get it looking perfect, but if you spend enough time, you can make it look good enough where it doesn't look too trashy. That said, I'm not yet in the holiday spirit. It's tough to get into the holiday spirit when you come into the studio, and it's a shit show. It was an absolute shit show coming in here today. Because first things first, let's get Pete, me and you, let's get something out of the way. I come in, I want you to keep, I know you guys got this brand new security system in place at Beantown Athletics. And uh, you guys can watch shit that's going on in the store from your phone. So here's what I want you to do when you go home tonight. I want you to go into your brand new security system, log in on your phone. Can you rewind on that thing? Pete, can you rewind what's going on? Oh yeah. You can. All right, I want you to rewind maybe the last... I don't know, 48 hours, and see who's coming in this studio stealing my pens. Pens. It's pens. Oh, my God. Pens. Uh, listen, I brought, I, I bought some new pens, 
with a new little pen holder at Staples. It's another free read for you. They're just, they're just coming all over the place today. Pens and a pen holder at Staples. I know it's not much. And it was like a combined $8.99. Great deal. Staples. Get pens, get pen holders, and then get them stolen from people who work at Bean Town Athletics. Why the fuck are you buying pens? Because I, I don't, because I, I have a new book here. We've got a million I, pens yeah, here. Yeah, I know, but oh I wanted my, my own God. pens. I just felt like if I get my own shit, it's a little bit more, I don't know, professional. I haven't, I haven't bought a pen since fucking high school. That's why I like doing it. It brought me back, right? You're getting older, it's like Christmas time. There's a little depression that sets in, too. I'm, I bought some pens. I come in here today, there was one pen left. How do you, how do you lose three pens before, in two days before you even use one? I didn't lose them because I haven't used them yet. Somebody's coming in here stealing the pens. I want you to go back. I got a name, dude. You do? I got a name. All right, we'll talk I about it after the show. There. All right. All right, we'll figure it out. Um, anyways, anyways, outside of the pens, I come in here today and we usually record the DraftKings segment with Rob Gomes after we do the open, right? And it's, it's seamless. It's just, he comes in right after we're done. We record the segment, you know, no editing going on. And we put the show on iTunes for you. He comes in here today and First of all, he's a half hour late. Second of all, he tells me he can't talk. He has no voice. And, and I'm like, well, that does me no good. That does the show no good. He tells you now. He tells right me when he, he comes in. Up, yes. And he's, he, it, it probably took him a half hour to get into the studio. So it's like, why wouldn't you wake up, text me, and say I lost my voice? I was si- singing at Sissy K's last night, karaoke. He was probably singing Backstreet Boys last night at, at Sissy K's. And... And he probably should have just told me when he woke up. But he doesn't. He comes in. And now we're supposed to do a show where he can't talk. So we had a, de- a little debate after he left, after we recorded, as to whether or not we should actually play this segment. And me and Pete both agree that we should. And we'll close out the show with that segment. All right. And, and I will say this. Pete had to role play for Rob Gomes during the show. So if you want to hear some role playing in the final segment to go along with some DraftKings advice, Rob Gomes gives his DraftKings advice. It's just there's a little role playing that goes along with it. And, you know, did chaos ensue? Almost. So maybe stick around if you want to listen to that. We'll close out the show with that. I will also, before we get to that, see, I usually give my picks afterwards. I'm giving my picks before that segment, all right? Picks, picks deserves to be bumped up a little bit. I'm going to bump up my own, my own segment because I went 4-1 and one last week with picks, picks. I went 4-1 and one the week before, and the week before that I went 3-1-1, one, and one. right? I, I'm 11-3-1 in the last three weeks. I'm, I'm on a roll. So um, I'm going to give you my picks for week 14 in the NFL. I'll get into some NFL stuff and... and, and Look back at last night's Thursday night football game. Kansas City beat Oakland 21-13. It's a huge, it was a huge game and a huge result based on the playoff implications in the AFC with regards to first round buys. And even the New England Patriots, who now with Kansas City beating Oakland, the Patriots jump back up into that number one seed in the AFC. The Patriots at 10-2. They host the Baltimore Ravens on Monday night football. Uh, Kansas City now the two seed at ten and three. Oakland bumps down to the five seed at ten and three. Denver the six seed at eight and four. 
Uh, leaves Miami, Pittsburgh, Indy, Buffalo, Tennessee on the outside looking in. Miami and Pittsburgh with seven wins. Indy, Buffalo, and Tennessee with six. I'll get into the playoff picture. I'll even get into some playoff scenarios. And then, as I mentioned, my picks for week 14 in the NFL in just a few minutes. But I, I have to open up with what the top story this week has been. And it's Major League Baseball because the winter meetings were this week in Maryland. And as you know, obviously the Red Sox are my team. And I'm always focused on what goes on during the winter meetings because the Red Sox are always a player somehow, some way, especially with Dave Dombrowski as the president of baseball operations. And the top story this week, I don't even think just in baseball, I think in all of sports, is that one of the best pitches in all of baseball was traded to the Boston Red Sox, Chris Sale is now a member of the Red Sox. And if you listen to this show, you know, over the last couple of years, I have brought up Chris Sale's name many times. And I'm not the only, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't take full credit like I'm the only one to bring his name up. But I, I have always said the Red Sox should do whatever it takes to go get Chris Sale. Okay? And they did. In fact, I thought they would have, have, they would have had to given up a whole lot more to get Chris Sale. Here's the deal. The Red Sox and the Chicago White Sox agreed to a trade. The Red Sox gave up four prospects, okay? But I think you only need to look at two of those four prospects that the Red Sox gave up. Uh, they give up Yoan Mankata, and they give up prospect pitcher Michael Kopech. Kopech's 20 years old. Mankata's 21. Mankata was the Red Sox' number one prospect and arguably the top prospect in all of baseball. Kopech was the Red Sox number five prospect. They gave up four prospects. And there was some, there, there was some people, like there's, there's this group of people, not just in this town, but I think baseball fans in general, that love prospects so much, they absolutely despise and just, they just hate giving them up. And it doesn't matter what they give them up for. They just don't like giving them up because they throw out this phrase, oh, you're giving up on the future. All right, I call these people prospect junkies. They love it. They love the prospects so much, they don't want to give them up. Um, I'm not a prospect junkie. What I will say is this, and this is my stance on prospects, really in any sport. Uh, now, obviously, baseball, it, prospects are talked about more than anything because of the minor league system that's put in place. Uh, and how many sort of divisions you have in the minor leagues. Like, all right, in hockey, you got the AHL. In basketball, now you got the D League, I guess. But, I mean, what's the talent pool like in the D League? If you're good enough to play in the NBA, you're playing in the NBA. You're not really focused on trading for D League prospects. And same thing kind of goes in the NHL. If you're young and good enough to play, you're going to play. In baseball, a lot of these kids, top prospects, they begin at these minor league levels and work their way up. Uh, they don't necessarily jump right up to the major leagues. They got to get some experience in Double A. You know you're a star when you make the jump from Double A to the, to the majors. Those, that's what the stars do. Like you know, Andrew Benatendi, right? Exactly. Mookie Betts. All right. Um, that said, yeah, and even football, there's nothing. Right? There's there's not there's nothing in football. You play in the NFL, or, or you what? You going to play in the CFL? You going? There's no XFL anymore. Is there another league? That I'm missing out on? I have no idea. Some flag football league somewhere? No, it doesn't matter. It, baseball, more than any other sport, we talk about prospects. My 
theory and just how I feel about prospects in general is I would give up any prospect for the short thing stud any day of the week. Now, Yohan Mankata might be a great player at the major leagues, at the major league level. He might be. He's 21 years old. He's an absolute physical specimen. He's a monster. He's a beast. You see how fast he is running the bases when he did get some time uh, when he was called up to the Red Sox last year. Uh, You know, he can crush it unless it's a curveball. He he can't hit that yet. Maybe he can figure that out. But still, Mankata, you know, the sky's the limit. This kid could be a great, great major league player. Could be a franchise-changing player. Could be. We don't know that he's going to be. You cannot guarantee me that he will be. Yet some of the prospect junkies will will argue that they should have held on to him as if they could guarantee it. And they can't guarantee it. Here's what I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you that Chris Sale is one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's 27 years old. He's under contract for the next three years. And he's somebody that's going to get you 225 strikeouts a season. Chris Sale is an absolute stud. He's a big, lanky, lefty that, in my opinion, has the nastiest slider in all of baseball. I've told you this for year, the last couple of years. Andrew Miller and Chris Sale. Their sliders are the two nastiest pitches in all of baseball. They are. They're unhittable. These big, lanky lefties that come in, nasty to left-handers, nasty to right-handers, doesn't matter. They're going to get the job done. All right? Chris Sale's a power pitcher with that pitch. Filthy. 27 under contract for the next three years. In my opinion, this trade for the Red Sox wasn't just a great deal. It was an absolute steal and a no-brainer. And when I say a steal, I say that. And I, I say that thinking, all right, if you took me back to last week, Pete, you took me back to last week, and you asked me, what would it take for the Red Sox to get Chris Sale? You know what I would have told you? I would have told you Mankata. Another top five prospect, let's say Kopech. Two other prospects, maybe in the top, one in the top 10, another in the top 20. And so that's four prospects. And a young kid that's already on the major league level, whether it's, uh, you know, Ben Attendee, whether it's a Jackie Bradley Jr. You know, maybe you want to go a little bit lower level and say a Swihart or a Vasquez. Eduardo Rodriguez, somebody on the major league roster that is young, in his 20s, that is sort of under control, that if they were in the minor leagues still, would be one of the Red Sox top prospects on these lists of prospects that we always look at. I would have told you that that would need to be the deal. And in fact, when I tell you that, I wouldn't even be completely convinced that that would be enough to get it done. I just wouldn't. So, when you fast forward... And you actually see that this trade was made and the Red Sox acquired Chris Sale from the White Sox. And they don't have to give up anybody from the roster. They don't have to give up Ben Attendee. They don't give up Jackie Bradley Jr. They don't give up um, even a Swihart or Eddie Rodriguez or a Christian Vasquez. They don't have to give up any of these guys. This is an absolute steal. It's a no-brainer for the Red Sox. You make this move a million times over and over again. And... The Red Sox now have a new ace. And what's crazy about that comment is Rick Porcello just won the American League Cy Young Award. David Price, what did he win, 17 games last year? Is still 
You know, he's, a, he's someone that's making 30, 31 million a season, and there's a reason for that. As bad as he was and is in the postseason and needs to get that postseason monkey off his back, um, and as much as he tweets about the insecurities of his postseason failures, which I hate, while he's on vacation in Hawaii, he's got to cut, cut, cut that shit out. Um, you know, David Price is still an elite pitcher in this league. You're talking about the addition of Chris Sale, meaning he's the new ace for this pitching staff. That's a scary thing for the rest of the American League. But you know what I think is even scarier for the rest of the American League? And what I think is completely possible? Because there's talk now of the Red Sox depth in their rotation. You know, and how many guys that they have and how many lefties that they have. All right, they have a lot of lefties. I mean, let's look at their rotation right now. Sale, Price, Porcello, Eddie Rodriguez, Pomeranz, Buckholtz. Um, when you look at all the guys the Red Sox have in their rotation, I mean, Stephen Wright, I, I left him out. The Red Sox have, because they didn't have to give up, what I thought they would have to give up for Chris Sale, they still have pieces that they could move to make another blockbuster. That's the scary thing here. That's scary for the rest of the American League. Like, what are they going to do with Swihart? I think he has a ton of trade value. He's a, he's a catcher in this league that can provide offense that's tough to find. Teams like that. Teams want that. Blake Swihart has a lot of trade value, in my opinion. And I don't necessarily think he has a place on this team. I don't, because I think Christian Vasquez is their guy. I've been told he's their guy. I've been told he's the, the Red Sox, Christian Vasquez is their guy. They believe he is the next Yadier Molina, all right? They're not moving him. They're going to move Swihart if they move anybody. And, and there's a reason why they moved Swihart to the outfield, to play some left field, because they wanted to get him at bats, because they wanted to show him off and showcase his offense. He wasn't going to be behind the plate. But if you still want to showcase his offense, knowing that he still wants to be behind the plate in the future, then why don't you put him in the outfield where he can still get some at-bats and a team can trade for him, seeing the offense, knowing he can be an offensive catcher. I think Swihart's got a lot of trade value. People who have fight up about Drew Pomerantz and the trade that the Red Sox could have basically given him back to San Diego and taken Espinosa, they're mad the Red Sox didn't do that. Well, first of all, you cannot convince me that Espinosa is going to be this absolute stud at the Major League level. That's another thing you cannot guarantee me for the people who are upset with that trade, knowing that Pomeranz, you know, San Diego, they lie about the injury or whatever. Look, Pomeranz, in my opinion, could provide some value for your bullpen, okay? He could. He could. But he could also provide value as somebody who was an all-star last year who could be packaged with someone who has a lot of value like Blake Swihart, and perhaps you even sweeten the pot even more by adding another prospect or two with those two guys. You know what the Red Sox have the pieces to do right now? You know what they could do? We talk about a bunch of lefties they have in the rotation. This, this, is, this is a scary thought for the rest of the American League. The Red Sox have the trade chips still to be able to call up a team like Oakland, and say, hey, what's it going to take to get Sonny Gray? And I don't think, just because the Red Sox already traded Mankata, I do not think they're going to hang the phone up on the Red Sox. In fact, if you're telling me the Red Sox were going to offer someone like Blake Swihart, if they were going to 
See, Pomeranz just seems like an like an Oakland A's pitcher to me. Like that, that like that's something that Oakland. He's an Oakland A's guy. I just feel that way. Uh, but there are other pieces that you could also move in a potential trade. And I'm not talking about Ben Attendee, and I'm not talking about Jackie Bradley Jr. for that deal. But if you did want to get nuts and maybe say, all right, like look at what look at what the Nationals and the White Sox just did. White Sox sent Adam Eaton to the Nationals. And, you know, you're talking about, I think, I believe the Nationals gave up their number one overall pick from, excuse me, not, not number one overall, their first round pick from last year, right? Either way, they gave a, Nationals gave up a lot, some top pitching prospects to, to get Adam Eaton. You know, the Red Sox still have Jason Groom, kid they took in the first round last year. You know, the Red Sox could still get a little nuts if they wanted to because, in my opinion, they didn't give up the, the type of deal to get Chris Sale that I would have thought they had to give up. Like, I thought they would have to give up so much more to get Chris Sale. And, and you know what? They didn't. And I think it was a steal. And as crazy as this may sound, I think the Red Sox still have the pieces to get nuts and maybe even convince someone like Oakland to trade Sonny Gray. I just... There are other prospects that the Red Sox have, and for anybody that's going to sit there and say, oh, you're nuts, then you're really going really to deplete the farm system. I gave you a Facebook video the other day. Go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Danny Picard Show. Uh, it's like 20 minutes. I think I'm going to do it every Wednesday, give you a little Facebook video, give you something in between the two podcasts we do each week. But I, I reacted to this Chris Sale trade, and most of my reaction on that little video had to do with people that were trying to tell me the Red Sox either gave up on the future or went all in in 2017 and emptied out the farm system and ruined the farm system. That Dave Dombrowski is this big, tough base president of baseball operations that's going to ship out everybody in the, in the farm system to win right now. Like I think what people need to get through their heads is Ben Attendee, Betts, Bogots, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, these are all, and, and by the way, when I mentioned the rotation earlier and all those guys, Rodriguez, you know, another one you throw in the rotation. I mean, the Red Sox have so many pieces right now still. I think they can get even crazier than maybe they already have, have got because they also traded for Tyler Thornburg. A reliever from Milwaukee, 28 years old, power pitcher. They gave up Travis Shaw, and they also gave up a couple other prospects. Tyler Thornburg from Milwaukee. Um, the, the deal was Travis Shaw and two minor leaguers. Now, one of the minor leaguers, I don't even know who, Mauricio Dubon, shortstop. I, no idea who he is, top 10 prospect. They, they, people were sort of, I, I heard people complaining about that. And I said, well, I don't even know who the kid is, so I'm not going to get too worked up about it. Is he even Was he ever going to see the light of day in the Red Sox organization? Probably not. Shortstop, center field? No, sorry. Bogarts, Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, you package him with Travis Shaw? Go ahead. The Red Sox then went out and they signed Mitch Moreland, former Texas Rangers first baseman. They like his versatility. Um, nobody wanted to give me any credit, but when everybody was talking about Mitch Mullen and the Red Sox being in the mix for him the other day, I tweeted out that my sources told me that a deal with Mullen was going to be done soon. 
that it was basically a done deal. It's going to be announced soon. And, you know, I didn't get any credit for that. But, you know, it's it's a done deal. Mitch Mullen, uh, they like his versatility. He can play first base. Can They can give, Han, you know, Hanley some more time at DH uh, as they try to deal with the loss of David Ortiz. I know David Ortiz even put something on Instagram in which he teased the comeback. He's not coming back. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does come back, but he's not coming back. And and Red Sox, yeah, I was talking to some people in the Red Sox organization, and I actually pointed it out to a couple of people, that Instagram. And the reaction was, oh, really? But ultimate reaction is that in their eyes, yeah, they'd love, love David Ortiz to come back. They just don't believe he can play anymore. They don't believe physically he wants to do it or can do it, so they don't think he's actually going to return, right? Um, so I hope I'm wrong, but David Ortiz, I don't think, is going to be making any type of return. But the Red Sox did some things the other day in which when I look at the big picture, Chris Sale, Thornburg, Mitch Mullen, and you didn't even have to give up, you know, one of these yeah, they gave up Travis Shaw to get Thornburg, but are we putting Travis Shaw in the same category as Ben Attendee, Betts, Bogots, even Jackie Bradley Jr. and All-Star? No, we're not, at least I'm not doing it. So the loss of Travis Shaw really wasn't, you know, it really wasn't that big of a deal to me, especially if you're going to do something to go get a 28-year-old power arm for the bullpen. That's the move I think you got to make. That's a good move. The Red Sox, you know, Right now, they're the winners of the winter meetings. They're the winners of the offseason. You know, some other teams you might want to throw into that conversation. Maybe, you know, the Cubs. All right. They trade for Wade Davis. They trade Jorge Soler. Um, they sign Koji Uihara. The Cubs sign Koji. That's not, Koji's not a, a, a big loss right now in my eyes when it comes to the Red Sox because his splitter was just flat. He, he got some guys out last year. I was just wondering how. Um, you know, I just, I didn't feel, I, I no longer felt comfortable with Koji on the mound. I just didn't. So I'm not going to get too worked up about that. The Yankees, they bring back Araldis Chapman. Chapman went to the Cubs. Now the Yankees bring him back five years, 86 mil. Um, that's 17 mil a season, just over 17 mil. And, uh, the Washington Nationals, they were involved in the Chris Sale stuff until the Red Sox traded for him. But the Nationals... Gave up three pretty good prospects for Adam Eaton, as I just mentioned. So that, those are some of the bigger moves of the winter meetings. But the Red Sox clearly are the winners right now. As I just mentioned, Sale, Thornburg, Mitch Mullen. And I'm not trying to make too much of the Mitch Mullen thing, but it's just something else that you did that you do for this team. Left-handed bat, some versatility, 20 home runs a year, 65, 70, maybe, maybe 80 RBIs if, if he's good. I think he is known as this dirt dog type. I don't know. Maybe that turns out to be him being a a good clubhouse guy for this team. But the Red Sox, this week at the winter meetings, they have to be the winners. And anybody who does not like the Chris Sale trade, as I told you in my video on Wednesday, you need to put the device down, put the phone down, go outside, go for a walk, get some fresh air. Because if you are all worked up about the prospects and you are so just devastated that you think the farm system is depleted, you need to take a little deeper look into what the farm system actually is. Because right now, and what the future actually is, the Red Sox do not give up on the future. The future is Ben Attendee. The future is Betts. The future is Bogarts. The future is Jackie Bradley Jr. 
The future is Christian Vasquez. The future is Eduardo Rodriguez. The future is even Chris Sale, who's 27 years old, folks, and is under contract for three years. David Price is under contract still for a long time. Rick Porcello is under contract. I mean, don't get too worked up about, you know, don't get too worked up about the the prospects in the future because the future did not go anywhere with any of these moves. They they kept the future in place. But like I said, you know, if you did want to maybe take a piece or two or three or maybe four and get even crazier and really get nuts and make a move for another stud pitcher, only a right-handed one, I think you could still do that. That's the scary part for the rest of the American League right now with the Red Sox. They still have major trade chips to be able to, in my opinion, convince a team like Oakland to move someone like Sonny Gray, who at some point, I think, in the next year or two, is going to be asking for a monster payday. But um, it's just something to think about. My, my overall point is this. The Red Sox did not give up on the future. In fact, they just built upon it. And the Chris Sale trade was not just a great deal for the Sox. It was an absolute steal. And I love it. And I absolutely love it. And if you listened to this show last week, you would know. Sam Kennedy, Red Sox president, I asked him what the priority was this winter. And I told him what I would do when I threw my hat into the ring to be the next Red Sox GM because that position is currently open. There's no actual GM. Now, we know Dave Dombrowski's the one making the moves, but Sam Kennedy, Red Sox president, sat in front of me in this studio last week, and he said, what would you do? And I said, well, I'd get creative. You know, I'd make a trade for a pitcher in his 20s who's under contract. I mentioned Yodano Ventura. He's a name that I've been floating out there only because, you know, when we talk about Chris Sale, like you go back to last year, and people were all worked up that Chris Sale cut the jerseys up in Chicago already, cut those. They would make, on a day in which he was pitching, they were making them wear these terrible retro, I mean, what did they have? They were like, they look like collared shirts. They had a collar on them, and he, he didn't like them, so he cut them up. And people thought, well, he was making another statement on top of it to the organization. We don't want a head case like that in this town. And I said, fuck that. If, if, if Chris Sale wants to cut up the Red Sox Friday night home red jerseys, I'll bring the fucking scissors to Fenway, okay? That's what I'll do. And I'll do anything I can to trade for Chris Sale. But since the White Sox didn't trade him last year at the deadline, I guess the way I looked at it was maybe they're not going to move him, right? Because his contract is affordable, and he's on the contract for three more years, and he's only 27. I just sort of looked at the White Sox and thought, since they didn't trade him at last year's deadline, maybe they were just going to try to build on it, build you know, with him, which wouldn't be a crazy idea. As we know, this week, they didn't do that. But when Sam Kennedy sat in the studio last week, you know, I was just getting creative. I told you, well, if I'm Red Sox GM, I mentioned you Donald Ventura because I think he's got power stuff. And, he, you know, it would be like going out to get a guy on a down year. He's been in two World Series, didn't have a great season the last couple of years. But he's got all the electric stuff. Seems like type of a head case. You know, he's throwing up at people. But I kind of like that. There's part of that that I like going up and in on someone, you know. I, I do like that. And, um, you know, some people in Kansas City thought it got out of control. All right. But I think you mature as you get older. I just think that's human nature. I would have got creative and done something like that if someone like Chris Sale 
wasn't available, and I didn't think he would be available because they didn't trade him at the deadline last year. So I told Sam Kennedy, but my my overall point was, go out and trade a starting pitcher who's under contract, who's in his 20s, rather than going out and signing a big free agent in his 30s and giving him big money. What did Sam Kennedy say, Pete? He said, oh, you got something there. And he goes, I think Dave Dombrowski would like you as the GM because Dave would agree. Pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what he said when I asked him about the priority of the team this winter. And he wasn't kidding. He wasn't kidding. And he also went on to say that Dave will make the big trade. He will. He has. And he did. And there's just a part of me now looking at the Chris Sale trade, seeing what the Red Sox still have to give up, whether it's with the prospects or even with some kids in the organization right now, the younger kids, Dave Dombrowski has some pieces to make to, to make another major move for another starting pitcher. I'm telling you right now, I'm not convinced that he's done dealing, making the big deal. I'm not. I mean, Swihart, to me, should be trade bait right now. I don't know why he's not. And... As much as I have praised Eduardo Rodriguez, and I think he's a power pitcher that, that's got good stuff, Pomeranz, I mean, they, listen to this deal. If you're Oakland, I'm, th- this is, I'm being dead serious. If you're Oakland right now, and I'm Dave Dombrowski, and I called Oakland, I said, Swihart, Eduardo Rodriguez, Drew Pomeranz, and a prospect for Sonny Gray. You mean to tell me they wouldn't think about that? Could you imagine a Red Sox rotation? A 27-year-old Sale, a what, 26, 27-year-old Sonny Gray, David Price, Rick Porcello, the Cy Young Award winner, would be the number four starter. And then where are we going? All right, maybe you got Buck Colts and maybe you got Stephen Wright. And, and I mean, look, here's, my point is the Red Sox can do something crazy. And I'm... I'm not, I'm not convinced that they're done. So, it's just something to think about. And people who worked up about the prospects, here's the deal. The prospects are a list of young players. You can go to SoxProspects.com and look at them right now. When the season begins, that list is going to look different. And next year, at this time, you're going to get the prospect junkies that will look at the number one guy on that list and it might be Jason Groom, the 18-year-old. He might be number one at some point next year. And they're gonna, you know what they're going to tell you? They're going to tell you, oh, you can't give up number one. You can't give up Groom. You know what I'm going to tell you? Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. And the Red Sox, because, th- look, it's not, there's not a three-year window. There's a 10-year window. I just named all the guys they have on the team that are in their 20s. Let's not go nuts when it comes to holding on to prospects. The Red Sox made a great trade for Chris Sale. And again, because of the pieces they didn't have to give up to get him, I'm not convinced Dave Dombrowski is done. I'm not convinced he's done. So I'll keep my eye on it, keep my eye on the offseason, but I love the Chris Sale trade. It's an absolute steal for the Red Sox. And if you're wondering, right now, the Boston Red Sox, favorites to win the American League. Uh, the Indians behind them. Uh, then you get Houston behind them. Um, odds to win the World Series, Chicago Cubs are the favorites still. Red Sox, second best odds to win the World Series. Red Sox to win the World Series, plus 600. Chicago Cubs, plus 375. With that said, 
let's move. Let's move on from baseball. Let's get into football. It is football time of year. I know that. Uh, but I will never avoid or ignore a big-time baseball storyline, even if it's even if it's not Red Sox-related. But that one happened to be Red Sox-related, so even more so, I was going to focus on that. Um, but I know everybody's excited about Week 14. Here in New England, we're all excited about Monday Night Football. Patriots hosting the Baltimore Ravens. And Week 14 began last night, Thursday night. Kansas City beat Oakland 21-13. The Chiefs, with the win, move into the number two seed in the AFC. You watch this game last night, you know the story. I, I talked about it at the beginning. Tyreek Hill, he had a night for himself. Couple touchdowns, including a punt return for a TD. Uh, kid is fast as lightning out there. Tyreek Hill had a night for himself. Derek Carr did not. Derek Carr did not. Derek Carr, 17 of 41 for 117 yards. No touchdowns, didn't throw any picks was sacked only once, but that sacked only once is kind of a deceiving stat and might be the most deceiving stat because I thought Derek Carr was under pressure a lot last night. Didn't get sacked more than once, but I thought he was under pressure. And when I watch this game, when I watch Oakland lose to Kansas City and Oakland fall down to the five seed in the wild, one of the wild card spots in the AFC, here's the story. Here's what I learned last night as a Patriots fan that was thrilled to see Kansas City win because the Patriots move up to the one seed with that Kansas City win. Here's what I learned. And here's what we all should have learned. Oakland does not want a cold weather game or pressure on the quarterback. And if you get a game that's cold weather with pressure on the quarterback, Oakland doesn't want to play that game. Raiders don't want to play that game. Um, They don't. I mean, Kansas City, to begin the second half, they turned the ball over twice, and Oakland could only get three points out of it. I mean, this game was 21-10 to 10 at the half. And if you told me at halftime that in the third quarter, Kansas City was going to throw an interception and then Alex Smith was going to fumble in their first two possessions and, and Oakland was going to have great field position on two straight possessions to begin the second half, I would have told you that Oakland wins that game. They score 30 points, they win that game. But here's what Oakland doesn't want. I don't care what the field position is. They don't want cold weather and they don't want pressure on the quarterback. They don't want to play that game. And if they have to come to New England for an AFC championship, all right, the cold weather, that's going to be there. You got that out of the way. You got to add the pressure on the quarterback. So if the that's that will be the storyline. Here's my AFC championship preview. You got to block Khalil Mack, all right? You got to make sure Khalil Mack doesn't get near Tom Brady, and you have to get to Derek Carr. And maybe you don't have to sack him. But you have to make sure that pressure exists because Derek Carr, what we learned last night, does not want to play in the cold weather and he does not want any type of pressure on him. Even if he's only sacked once, just that thought of somebody going to hit him, somebody going to sack him, he's throwing that ball. They, they're spending so much time on the inaccuracy of Derek Carr last night. I'm watching, I watched everything, post game, I watched stuff this morning. They're spending so much time on how Derek Carr wasn't accurate. Maybe it's the hand injuries catching up to him, you know, in the cold weather. Well, it's the cold weather one, and maybe that's a part of it. But the other part is that he's rushing some throws last night. He rushed a whole lot of them because he could sense that pressure that Kansas City was bringing. And, yeah, they didn't sack him more than once, but the pressure existed. The pressure with the cold weather, Oakland doesn't want to play that game. Derek Carr doesn't want to play that game. And because of that, if Oakland has to go into the cold weather, in January, which they're probably going to, I, I, I cannot take the Raiders seriously when it comes to 
them getting out of the AFC. I just can't do it. You saw that last night. Kansas City, are there people that want to give them some credit and, and say that they could contend and come out of the AFC? They might. You know, Tyree Kill, that's a weapon. You know, that's a weapon that you love to find here late in the season. A lot of teams would love to find that weapon late in the season. You know, the Patriots would love Cyrus Jones to turn into Tyree Kill on special teams. You know that? They'd love that. Uh, he's not doing it. Cyrus Jones drops the football almost every time he gets it. Um, every time it's a punt return. So, or, or he's getting in the end zone and, and for some reason is like running it out and getting tackled at the 10-yard line. The Patriots would love for Cyrus Jones to become Tyree Kill late in the season. But Kansas City, are you really scared of Alex Smith? I'm not. And I like Alex Smith. I've, I've given him a lot of credit in the past. I'm looking back to even some of his playoff wins with the San Francisco 49ers. I think Alex Smith can be a quarterback who can make big plays, but there's just something that he's missing. I'm, I don't even know that I can pinpoint what it is. But it's a special something. Alex Smith doesn't have that extra special something that makes him an elite quarterback. And I don't care what Hill Tyreek Hill looks like as a special weapon. When the Patriots, or if the Patriots were to play Kansas City, I think it would look much like it did last year. When it comes to a game that Kansas City will, they'll stick around. Won't be a blowout, but they won't, Kansas City won't have enough to beat the Patriots. I just, I just don't believe that. And when it comes to Oakland, you know, Khalil Mack is a big factor there. But what we learned last night, and this is the, the biggest thing that we learned, in my opinion. Oakland, there's one, there's what they don't want, a combination of things they don't want. Cold weather, pressure on the quarterback. Derek Carr does not want to play in a cold weather game in which there's a threat of serious pressure. He's going to be inaccurate. He's going to force bad throws. And he's going to have what he had last night. 17 of 41, 117 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So, uh, now that Oakland loses, the Patriots, they bounce up to the one seed. And here's a look at the playoff picture. If the playoffs began today, on this Friday, December 9th, in the AFC, New England would be the one seed. Kansas City would be the two seed. Patriots at 10-2 and two would be the one seed. Kansas City, the Chiefs, at 10-3 and three would be the two seed. New England, Kansas City would get a first-round bye. Baltimore, at 7-5, would be hosting the six-seed Denver Broncos. And the four-seed Houston Texans would be hosting the five-seed Oakland Raiders. How about that? Oakland would have to go on the road for a wild-card game. But that's sort of how I expected this thing to play out. Like, that's why I told you, I don't think Miami's getting in. Miami at 7-5. Pittsburgh at seven and five. Now, Houston, excuse me, Baltimore leads the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh head to head. They will. Baltimore and Pittsburgh will play again um, on Christmas Day. But I still think Baltimore is getting in. And the winner of that division, they might win the AFC North with nine wins, and they're going to be a three seed because they're going to have more wins than the AFC South champ. AFC South champ might only have eight wins. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually Tennessee, who's at six and six right now. Um, Houston's at six and six. Indy's at six and six. You got three teams there at six and six. The winner of that division could have eight wins, and I think it could be Tennessee, to be honest with you. But either way, that's how the AFC playoff picture looks. Patriots and Kansas City getting a bye. Baltimore hosting Denver. 
and Houston hosting Oakland. All right. Um, then you get to the NFC. Dallas and Seattle would get the first round by. Dallas, the one seed at 11 and 1. They've already clinched the playoff spot. Dallas is the only team that has clinched the playoff spot heading into week 14. Dallas, the one seed at 11 and 1. Seattle, the two seed at 8, 3 and 1. They would get the first round by. Detroit, the three seed at 8 and 4. Detroit would host Tampa Bay, the six seed, in the wild card round. Tampa Bay at 7 and 5 would be going to Detroit. Atlanta, the fourth seed at 7-5, would host the Giants. So the Giants would be going to Atlanta in the NFC playoffs. So Washington, Minnesota, Green Bay on the outside looking in. Um, that's what the playoff picture looks like in the NFL heading in to Week 14. Now, before I get to my picks for Week 14, picks, picks, get, get them for you in just a, just a minute here. There are a couple playoff scenarios that you need to know about because there are three teams no, no teams have a bye. The, the bye schedule is done. There are no more byes in the NFL. Everybody's playing in week 14. But three teams have something to clinch on Sunday. Or also on Monday, if you look at the Patriots playing Monday night. Uh, these three teams that have something to clinch, the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. The Patriots, they can clinch the AFC East with a win over Baltimore on Monday and a Miami loss or tie. The Dolphins, they are at home against the Arizona Cardinals. That's not an easy game for Miami. In fact, if you put a gun to my head and said, who's going to win this one? I think I'd say Arizona. Um, So the Patriots could very well clinch the AFC East with a win over Baltimore at home and a Miami loss or tie. Now, you get into other things like a Patriots tie and a Miami loss. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and and debate ties, so I'm just going to go into wins and losses. Patriots can clinch the AFC East this weekend with a win and a Miami loss. So, if Miami loses on Sunday, we might know on Monday night, if the Patriots win Monday night, they can win the division. Patriots can also clinch a first-round bye, get this, with a win, a Miami loss, and the Pittsburgh loss. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are in Buffalo. And you know what? It is very possible. I-, I made my picks. I did not pick this game. But when I came in here this morning, I read a quote from the Buffalo Bills GM. And he calls out Tyrod Taylor. He says, Tyrod Taylor, he's got four weeks here to prove himself. Four games to prove himself. And then... Like everybody else on this team, we're going to evaluate position by position. Basically calls Tyrod Taylor out. I think the Bills at home with that, hanging over Taylor's head, I think he's going to have a big game. And in fact, I would if I had to do my picks over again, I'm not going to do them over. But if there's a little bonus game here, the Bills are a three-point dog at home against Pittsburgh. And I would not be surprised if Buffalo pulls out a win over Pittsburgh on Sunday at 1 at Buffalo. I just wouldn't be surprised of it. So if Miami loses to Arizona and Pittsburgh loses to Buffalo, the Patriots with a win on Monday night could clinch both the AFC East and a first-round bye. So that's the Patriots' playoff scenarios. Dallas and Seattle. Dallas already clinched the playoff spot. They can clinch the division with just a win. Dallas plays 
against the Giants in New York on Sunday Night Football. The Giants have given the Cowboys their only loss. Giants beat the Cowboys in week one. All Dallas has to do is win to win the NFC East on Sunday night. Dallas can also clinch a first-round bye with a win and a Detroit loss or a win and a Seattle loss. Uh, Seattle is at Green Bay, and Detroit is at home against Chicago. But Dallas also has to win with that. I don't think Dallas is going to clinch a first-round bye this weekend. They need a win and a Detroit loss or a win and a Seattle loss. I think both Seattle and and Detroit are going to win. So I just think that combination is going to be too too much. I don't think that's going to happen. Dallas can clinch the one seed in the NFC this weekend with a win and a Detroit loss and a Seattle loss. All those things combined, I just don't think all that is going to happen. I don't think any of that's going to happen, to be honest. And maybe I'm teasing my picks again. And the other team that has a playoff clinching scenario, the Seattle Seahawks can clinch the NFC West with a win and an Arizona loss against Miami or a Seattle tie and an Arizona loss. We'll get rid of the ties again. Seattle can clinch their division with a win and an Arizona loss, but I just I don't think Arizona's going to lose, so I don't think that's going to happen. I think the most realistic clinch out of all the clinching scenarios this weekend in Week 14 is that the Patriots clinch the division and maybe even a, a, a first-round bye. So I just wanted to get you up to speed on what all the clinching scenarios are here in week 14. And um, if I did have a bonus pick, I'd, I'd be thinking I'd be thinking Bills plus three at home against Pittsburgh. But they're not part of my picks. So let's get to my picks. Five NFL games with the spread. It's a segment we call Picks Picks. I do it every single Friday. Pete, hit the music for me, would you? Love that music. Love it. Don't ever want to change it. Pete, anybody ever tells you don't play that music, you're going to get sued? I don't care. Let's get sued. Let's give up money to play this song. It's awesome. And it gets me fired up. The music doesn't just fire me up. You know what else fires me up? Being 4-1 and one last week. Being 4-1 and one the week before that. Being 3-1-1 one one the week before that. Being 11-3-1 in the last three weeks. Sure. My overall record... 27, 34, and 4. It's not good. Anything under 500, it's not good. They gave up on me, though. Don't give up on me, okay? Don't give up on me. The comeback continues. Another big week here in week 14. I have gone NFC heavy. I have five, get this, five NFC teams, Pete. Five of them. And I begin with the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings, a a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Jacksonville Jaguars. When I look at the Vikings, man, I mean, this is a team that began the season 5-0. The Vikings began the season 5-0. Since then, they have lost six of their last seven and are now in second place in the NFC North with a 6-6 record. Vikings are coming off a Thursday night loss last Thursday to the Cowboys, 17-15. They gave them a nice game. And if you give the Cowboys a nice game at this point with the Cowboys being 11-1, i got to tip my cap to you even if you don't win. Minnesota's been struggling. But I don't think they're going to have much of a problem against the Jaguars 
on Sunday. The Jaguars are 2-10. and ten. The Jaguars have lost seven straight. Uh, this one... This one is in Florida. This one is in Jacksonville. Minnesota's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. The Vikings allow just 17.4 points per game, which ranks fourth in the league. Even though they're struggling, the Vikings shouldn't have a problem going to Florida and grabbing a win. I'm going to say Minnesota wins this by a touchdown. I'll jump all over the Vikings as a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Jacksonville. Then... The Detroit Lions. This one opened as a nine-point favorite. The Lions a nine-point favorite over the Chicago Bears in Detroit. Now it is seven and a half. So even more so. Um, sticking with the Detroit Lions in this in this one, seven and a half-point favorite at home over the Chicago Bears. The Bears are absolutely brutal. Barkley has looked decent, right? He's looked decent. However, not good enough for me to pick him against Detroit. Uh, the Lions have won four straight. If the playoffs began today, as I told you, they're 8-4. They would be the number three seed in the NFC. They'd be hosting a playoff game. The Bears are 3-9. and nine. And look, the Bears defeated the Lions earlier this season. But it was in Chicago. This one's in Detroit, as I mentioned. The Bears are 0-6 on the road. The Lions are 5-1 and one at home. The Lions deserve a whole lot of credit for what they've done this season without Calvin Johnson. I mean, Calvin Johnson retires. Doesn't just look like Detroit hasn't missed a beat. It looks like they've improved offensively. You know, somebody was saying earlier this week, and I don't know if it's true or not, but there might be something to it, is that when Calvin Johnson was on the field and was still playing, Matthew Stafford, he felt so much pressure to always look for him and try to get him the ball, try to get Calvin Johnson some touches, that he got away from, he got out of his game, and he didn't look at anybody else on the field. And he was a worse quarterback because of that. Look, I don't know if he was a worse quarterback for having a receiver like Megatron on his team, but the mindset and the human nature of, hey, I got to get this guy the ball, I do think at some point that could affect your play. I do, long term, I think it could affect it. Um, would Detroit love to have Calvin Johnson? Yeah, I think they would. They don't, and since they don't, you got to give them credit for what they've been able to do. And I think they're going to whoop the Bears on Sunday in Detroit. Bears aren't going to win on the road. Lions, they're now a seven and a half point favorite. It's gone down from nine. I'll take Detroit minus seven and a half over Chicago. Then Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers. Speaking of teams that got to get credit, they have to get some credit. Tampa Bay. They were a three-point favorite against New Orleans, against the Saints. This one is in Tampa Bay. Look, if this was in New Orleans, I might be thinking differently of it. I would, but it's in Tampa Bay. And this one actually began Tampa Bay as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now it is three. The Buccaneers have won four straight. They're seven and five. If the playoffs began today, the Buccaneers would be in. They'd be in the final wild card spot in the NFC. Uh, they're tied with Atlanta at 7-5. and five, So the division title for Tampa Bay is in play. Look, you can't ignore it. It's one thing to have a win streak. It's another thing to have a four-game win streak and beat Kansas City. They went into Kansas City and won. Then they beat Seattle at home. So you beat Kansas City. 
19-17 in Kansas City. Then you come home and you beat the Seahawks 14-5. I mean, credit where credit's due. Tampa Bay, what they're doing is no joke. Meanwhile, New Orleans is 5-7. Yeah, they have an offense that seems ready to go off every single weekend. But with this one being in Tampa Bay, I'm giving the Buccaneers a serious defensive edge. I'm going all day Tampa. Minus three over New Orleans in Tampa. Then, the Seattle Seahawks, 425. They go to Lambeau in Green Bay. The Packers, three-point dog. I'm taking the favorite. I'm taking the road favorite, Seattle, minus three. The reason I'm taking Seattle, look, there's a clinching opportunity for them. Uh, as I told you, at 8-3-1, and one, that's Seattle's record, 8-3-1, and one, they can clinch the NFC West with a win and an Arizona loss. Now, I expect the Seahawks to go into Green Bay and beat the Packers, who are 6-6. Six and six. I know I counted the Packers out a couple weeks ago. Since then, the Packers have shown some signs of life. They have a two-game win streak. But if the playoffs began today, Green Bay would not be in the playoffs. And Seattle could very well end Green Bay's season on Sunday at Lambeau. Even without Earl Thomas, that injury is devastating to, to, to the Seahawks, obviously, but they still have enough to shut down Green Bay. I think Green Bay's defense is brutal. Their pass defense is brutal. Russell Wilson looks as good as he's ever looked. I just cannot bet against Seattle in this one. And since the spread is low, I think the Seahawks can win this one by a touchdown on the road. I'm taking Seattle minus three. Finally, Sunday Night Football. Giants at home against the Dallas Cowboys. The Giants are a three-and-a-half-point home dog. They're the only team to beat Dallas this season. In my opinion, and forget about that week one win over Dallas that the Giants had. The Giants are a team coming off a loss to Pittsburgh. I know they lose JPP, which obviously affects their defense. You know, heading into this game, the Giants, they have one of the best rush defenses the best run one of the best run defenses in the nfl top five and that is a you know that's good news to the giants considering they're facing i think the mvp this season and ezekiel elliott running back ezekiel elliott seems to be an unstoppable force if there's anybody that's going to slow him down you would think it would be a top five defense top five run defense that is but forget about all that don't the giants just seem like a team that that would win this game right like, Dallas is 11-1. They got all these things to clinch. Sunday night football. And the Giants beat them. Like, doesn't that just seem like a typical Giants win? I think they have enough to do it. Uh, this is a divisional dogfight. It's in New York. They're an underdog. In fact, get this. It was three and a half. It's now four. The Giants are now a four-point dog at home. So I'm taking the four. Literally. Changes as I'm doing this show. So I'm going to take the Giants, plus four, over the Cowboys. Will they win? Hey, let's say they lose by three. I win, so I'm taking the points. Here are my picks for week 14. Minnesota minus three and a half. Detroit minus seven and a half. Tampa Bay minus three. Seattle minus three. And the Giants plus four. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. 
Twitch, you can stick around after this. I usually close out the show, so I'm getting ready to close it out, but I don't because I want to play you my conversation with Rob Gomes, even though he couldn't really talk. So it threw me for a loop. It threw the whole show for a loop. It threw everybody here at Beantown Athletics for a loop. Everyone's scrambling, running around because um, Robbie Gomes can't talk. How are you supposed to do an audio segment with someone who can't fucking talk? Well, we did it. I think it was interesting. And Pete Needham, my producer, had a role play for Rob Gomes with him in studio. Uh, you might get a laugh out of it. If you don't, the DraftKings picks, well, they're still there and they're still serious picks. So if you want to win money, you should listen. So. Here's my conversation with Rob Gomes and some DraftKings advice for you for week number 14. And stick around afterwards. I will close out the show after this. All right, joining me in studio as he does every single Friday is Rob Gomes. He is my daily fantasy sports expert. And my conversation with Rob Gomes is presented by CrossFit 617. Train hard, live healthy, feel better. Sign up today for a free one-week trial at CrossFit 617. Dot com. Rob, how you doing today? Hey, how's it going, Dan? Uh, uh, not that great. I yeah, I can I can tell. Kind of lost my voice. Yeah, you lost your voice. And not only were you late by a half hour, but you come in here. Uh, coffee spilled all over the place. Still, that was my fault. I knocked it over. Um, still, your hot coffee spilled all over our beautiful rug inside the Beantown Athletic Studio. And uh, you inform me as you come in that you don't have a voice. So we're going to roll with this segment anyways. I know that's not that, that might not seem like the best decision in the world, but we have a segment to do, and we do it every week, and you give us your DraftKings NFL advice, and now we're heading into week 14 in the NFL. And um, so what I made you, and for people listening, what I made Rob do is I made him write down his picks because Pete, my producer Pete Needham, is going to role play today for this segment. And he is going to play the role of one Robbie Gomes. And he's going to make the picks for him. Though Rob has written these picks. He's wrote these picks down on a piece of paper in front of him. I just have one question for you, Rob. Yeah. Did you... <laughs> did you qualify for the world championships? I'm very interested. I in did it. not qualify. I'm very disappointed. Probably why I have no voice. Long weekend. Why do you not have a voice? Is it? Were you singing karaoke last night? I was Are sing- you sick? I was singing karaoke at Sissy K's, yep. <laughs> no, you weren't. No, Were you really? Not a chance in hell. Oh, man. I would have been jealous. <laughs> All right. So, you have your picks on a piece of paper. You just wrote something else on the back of that sheet. What are you writing right now? Just more picks for Pete. More picks for Pete? Yep. Picks for Pete. He's got a giant list over there. <laughs> uh, are you feeling good about your Week 14 picks? I'm feeling, I'm feeling tremendous. What happened when you didn't qualify for the world championships? What went wrong? I had more opportunities to qualify for that tournament than probably anyone else. I was in first place like six times. All right, you're done talking. Uh, Pete, uh, let's get this is not this is not good for radio, <laughs> podcast, anything audio. Uh, I don't even know what to do. But here's, but here's the only thing that we can possibly do is to keep this segment alive and keep this thing rolling because people are interested in your picks, Rob. They want to know. I mean, you're a millionaire maker. You've won a million in DraftKings. You come in here uh, shrugging your shoulders over winning like $5,000 every week. Uh, And we're trying to help the people win money. So you have your picks on a piece of paper. And now if you would please stop writing and hand it off to Pete, 
Unless you got more to go. Like, what have, else? You, what's more, going on here? Oh, you show up shit. a half hour late. I have some more pictures. You've been for 45 minutes. What are you writing there? Like, what, like, all we're doing is quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, bold call. <laughs> what, what else are you possibly writing right now? He's writing down phone numbers. Yeah. No, because, will you tell me, like, what's going on? Uh, I just, I just had to get more picks out. <laughs> picks for what? You have a whole, you have two sheets there. There's no way that. All right, all right. Let, all right, what? Let's just bang this out. Let's do you're it. Banging, but you had 45 minutes to bang this out. You had all night last night to bang it out. I know. You show up a half hour late, he was spilling getting, coffee everywhere. He's getting banged up. <laughs> no, you no, can't no. talk. <laughs> Why wouldn't you tell me before you came in that you couldn't talk? I didn't know. Don't I, you think that that I would be talk. something that you should probably do? I rolled out of bed this morning. I was like, oh, I got to go see Dan. And then I got over here and I was like, shit, I can't talk. You didn't know that you couldn't talk before you came in? Boy, do you I, do you leave? Do you like wake up and not? Talk? Is there nobody for you to talk to? You my, took an Uber here, right? You 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 came in an Uber. My voice. Can you try changed. to talk to the Uber driver? No, no, no. You didn't say anything to him. You didn't say how you doing. Uh, no, I didn't say how you doing. I was just that's like, pretty rude. I was like, "What's up, dude? Good morning." All right, so you did say something. Yeah, and yeah. you might think at that point, like, "Holy shit, I don't have a voice." Maybe I should text Danny and let him know that I can't talk because there's no possible way to do this a segment in which I'm supposed to talk if I can't fucking talk. Just go. <laughs> Fuck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Wow. <laughs> that was a good play. That was good. All right, so you have your picks. You're done. Yeah, give me. I got You're picks. done. Okay, you're done. He's talking. tapping out. He's done. Give you. Can you please hand your picks to Pete? We're give gonna do this. Give them to me. We're gonna do this as <laughs> if Pete is Rob Gomes. Pete, you are gonna role play. Hey, please what's up? do it the best up, that guys? you possibly could. What's up, Week fourteen everybody? in the NFL. This is who, Rob Gomes who, here. Who do you gotta have in week fourteen as your quarterback? Oh, I got the chalk of the week. Cam Newton at home. Cam Newton oh, at yes. home is the chalk of the week. The chalk of the week, really, real chalky this week. Real chalky. Real why, chalky. why is that? Why so is chalky. why is Cam Newton your chalk of the week? Oh, because he's going against San Diego. No. It's, it's oh wait. New Orleans. No. <laughs> New Orleans. New Orleans. Is he at home? He's at home. He's at home. He's at home against New Orleans. He's not at home against New Orleans. What are you not, talking about? Is he anywhere? <laughs> he's against San Diego. That's what I said. He's what? at San Diego. Oh, shit. Are you shit-faced right highest, now? Highest I don't, total. What's going on? The highest total. It's, a, it's against Stop San Diego. We're, no, we're not running anything back. <laughs> we're not running anything back. This is a one and done. I got shit to do. We got a show to record. But you know who else I really All like? Right? You, you're late. You're holding us up. Now you can't talk. Right. Now you got the teams wrong. Here we go. You know we're going to go with this. You got Cam Newton. You're sticking with Cam Newton, No, right? I'm going with somebody else. No, I want Russell Wilson as well. <laughs> no, you don't. Do you? On the road against Green Bay. Oh, oh so yeah. all right, who's your quarterback? You, you know what? Have? It's Cam Newton. I love him against Rodgers. <laughs> is it Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Cam Newton's your Cam quarterback. The, Go no. with Cam Newton. He's Cam Newton is a chalk. Cam Newton's chalk. Seventy-two hundred. No I'm buts. Going, I'm going with Russell Wilson. No, you. Can't. That's my move. <laughs> if Cam, Newton, I got it wrong. I'm being a contrarian. You got it all wrong. We're not running it back. I'm being a contrarian. Why are we running it back? What do you mean you got it all wrong? You were looking at the wrong no, week. No, I like no, it. No, 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 no. What? No, 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 what? No, we're not running it back. You keep shaking your hands. We're going with it. We're like rolling. It. It's wrong. It's, it's wrong? wrong? It's good. You gave us wrong picks? Wait, 
What He's do you mean? He's sabotaging me because I'm not uh, Rob Gold. Can you explain to me, at the best that you possibly could with no voice, why everything's wrong and you're throwing your hands up like crazy right now? Baldwin probably should be the chalk. I would go with Rogers. Rogers. I like that. So you are changing on the fly. You're, I wrote you're, it down you're, wrong. You I'm wrote Rob, it down wrong. I'm yeah. Rob Gomes, so, a.k.a. So you can't Batman. talk, and you, and you can't write. What can you do today for me? He set me up. What can you do? You know what I should do? I should give you my DraftKings picks. So, so is there anything else you want to change in that piece? Because here's what I'm going to tell you to do. You're going Matthew Stafford, 6,800. All right, Detroit is at home against Chicago. Uh, I'm sort of teasing one of my picks for picks picks. I'm going with Detroit in this game. Uh, they're, what, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, I believe. They began as a nine-point favorite. Matthew Stafford, they are going to beat down the Bears in this game. They are going to beat Chicago up. Stafford is, you know, people are throwing his name out there to be a potential MVP candidate. Look, if the playoffs began today, I mean, you can't deny the fact that Detroit is the three-seed at eight and four. And while there are playoff scenarios this week in Week 14, Detroit is not one of these teams that can clinch anything. However, I do think that they are going to absolutely, they're going to roll on the Chicago Bears. Even though uh, the Bears, they actually beat the Lions earlier in the season, but the Bears are 0-6 on the road. Matthew Stafford, to me, that's my quarterback for DraftKings, 6800 bucks. He's not my chalk, but the quarterback that I got to have is Matthew Stafford. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. So, so for one final pick for you as you've been sitting there listening to me say Stafford, Robbie Gomes, is it Rogers? Is it Wilson? Is it is it Newton? Do you have somebody else that you're thinking of now all of a sudden? Who's your quarterback you got to have? Rogers. Rogers. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback you Rogers. have. Rogers. Okay. Wide receiver. Who do you got to have at wide receiver? I'm going Baldwin. And you're done talking. Pete, talk for Rob Gomes. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin. Doug and he's, Baldwin. And that's the chalk. That ends up being chalk of the week. Top chalk. Doug Baldwin's a chalk against Green Bay's defense. That's the chalk. That's the chalk. All right. How about running back? Who do you got to have at running back? Running back going with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Really? Against Atlanta. Really? Oh yeah. All right. I got something for you. It's gonna be a low buy. I got something for you. I think I'm going. And this this pick might play off back into the quarterback situation when maybe. And I'm telling you to stick with Stafford. I'm gonna go with Stafford, but. When I do think of running back, I won't lie, I think of McCoy at home against Pittsburgh. I know Pittsburgh's got a nice run defense. They don't have a good pass defense. I think McCoy could be somebody maybe that gets the ball out of the backfield in a passing situation because Tyrod Taylor has been called out by his GM. He was called out by his GM. Basically, his GM said, you know what? We got four games left. And Tyrod Taylor has something to prove, like everybody on this team. And then there will be a reevaluation. He called him out by name. He basically says the quarterback is playing for his job. Going into this one, at home, Buffalo, which is still a team that's alive in the playoff race at 6-6. Six and six. I don't think they're going to get in because Denver's the sixth seed at 8-4. and four. Oakland now, uh, with their loss last night to Kansas City, is the five seed at 10-3. and three. I don't think Buffalo's going to get in, but Tyrod Taylor... He's playing for his job, and when you get called out by the GM and you have a home game, you use your best weapon. McCoy's the best weapon. I think McCoy's going to have a big game, and it might get you thinking about a possible Taylor-McCoy stack. Thinking. If you're going to stack, maybe that's it. Stafford, Tate, that might be another one, Um, but McCoy's my guy at running back. Was that a naked stack? (laughs) 
I'm going with McCoy at running back. Uh, any other running backs in that list that he throws <laughs> on there, Pete, that you have in front of you if you yes. want, as your Jay, role playing? Jay Ajayi. Really? Yes. Jay Ajayi. Ajayi. I'm, I'm going to stop using the voice because it's hurting. Yeah, use I'll your own voice. I'll probably lose mine a Use while. your own voice. If I wanted the scratchy voice, I'd just have Gomes talk because he's sitting here I, doing I like, nothing. He sounds like Batman. I know. I can't believe we made him. We just should have had him email the picks. But again, this wasn't my. I would have just told you to do that if he texted me, said he had no voice. I would have said just email us your picks and people role play. But so Ajay, anybody else on there for running backs? That is it. That's it. That's it. But that's all we want, right? Uh, no, Gomes is. He's got more. He, he wants. Does to he keep want going. more? He wants more. No, Ajay. He does stats by and by like Ajay persona. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, too bad you can't explain it. All right, let's get to <laughs> tight ends. How, who do you got for tight end? He's got Jared Cook. Jared, Jared Cook. Cook. Yep. That's really? going to be a high-scoring game, right? Green really? Bay. Really? Green Bay and Seattle. Jared Cook, huh? Yeah. That's an interesting one. How about how about Green, Pittsburgh? He's been on a little bit of a roll here. That's somebody that, and especially if that gets, that could that could turn into a little shootout in the Buffalo. Darius? I could see that. Oh, yeah. I could see Green playing a playing a role in a little shootout. Uh, he's had a couple nice games recently, right? He had 26, 26 points in Week 13 against the Giants. Green did. So he's somebody that has just returned recently. Um, he could be somebody to, to keep your eye out for. And Green's only 3900 bucks. So uh, you picked Bennett last week too, Gomes. Pick Bennett. It didn't really work out. No. Um, but I liked your reasoning for it. I thought that was a good reason. Is there any do, – do you still have your eye on Bennett, given the fact that now not only have the Patriots lost Gronk, they've lost Amendola. So is Bennett somebody that's on your radar at all? Uh, he's not on the main slate, so no. Monday. He's on Monday, yeah. So you wouldn't even consider him for that? Uh, he's a if, Sunday guy. If I was playing Thursday to Monday, yeah, I'd play – or Sunday to Monday. I only play Sunday. Okay. I do too. I don't know. Does anybody? I don't know. Yeah, I only play main slate. I don't. I don't like waiting. Yeah. I, I'm because I usually do show, well. But you can do the. But but I'm saying like the prime times Sunday and Monday. No, I could. Would, I, you, would you? I honestly like. I like Hogan. I think Hogan and Bennett are both going to be more involved in the offense. But I think that you're going to see a lot more Chris Hogan. I I ended up late swapping Chris Hogan last week for. I think it was Marquise Wilson. All right, that's I can't. Oh, yeah, we gotta. You gotta stop talking. Um, how about defenses? <laughs> how about defense? I think there's only one choice, right? Minnesota. Minnesota. It's worth. It's worth paying up, it's right? Worth, it's worth paying up. I it, might start with them when I build my lineup. Yeah, that you saw what Denver's. I mean, Denver's defense did to them. Um, yeah, I'd I'd have to pay up for Minnesota as well. Though I I Detroit. That's but it's thirty six hundred. Uh, Detroit, I think, is a defense. That is going to do some damage as well. I don't think Barkley's that bad. Who's the bold? Let's. Who's the? Who's the? Barkley's not that bad. Who's but the bold call? A bold call. Yeah. I see Desha- Deshaun Jackson on here. Is that is that a bold call or is that? No, a, it's not really that no, bold. No, not bold. You get McKelvin on him, he'll probably burn him for. I think he'll burn him for a TD going back to Philly. Uh, bold call. Um, have, you, have you been rostering Jackson at all? Whose whose interview is this? Right? <laughs> Pete, Pete, when did you ro- Pete? When did you role play me? When did you Pete's role play and he's taking hey. over everybody? What's going on? What fucking planet am I on today? Um, I think it's a giant. Did I have I lost control of the show? What happened? It's madness. I think a he's going to go over twenty versus Arizona. Um, All right, the voice is coming the back a little bit. On the road. He just needed a little steam. 
The voice is coming back? A little bit, yeah. A little bit? This is what I was saying. I thought I was going to get it back. It's coming back. No second chances. No, but, but, What's that Eminem song? I, I, I don't know. Let's end this segment. We start getting the fucking Eminem songs. Um, all right. My conversation with Rob Gomes <laughs> presented by CrossFit 617. Uh, train hard, live healthy, feel better. Drink some water. Yeah, tough week, guys. Tough week. To maybe not go to Sissy K's on a Thursday night and sing karaoke. Sign up for a free one-week trial at CrossFit617.com. Have a good, have a good one, Rob. All right, not so great stuff right there from Rob Gomes because he couldn't talk. Uh, hopefully, he figures that situation out and, and he'll be back in here next week. Or if I if I were Belichick, you know what I do? If I were Belichick, <laughs> there'd be a new there'd be a new DFS segment. Next week. Um, luckily for Rob Gomes, I'm not Belichick. And uh, I'm not ready to make that cut yet. Because he does still give good advice. Good enough uh, to win some money. And if you want to win money on DraftKings and also play for free, then use my promo code. Pick. P-I-C. And you can play DraftKings for free with your first deposit. Every week is a brand new season. DraftKings.com. And if you're not going to do NFL, well... You should entertain some of the other sports they have on there. I am a big NBA guy on DraftKings only because I love the fact that you can pick guys who you know are going to get their shots. Are they going to hit them? Well, that's what, you, that's what you're basically betting on. But you know certain guys are going to get their, get their shots, get their, uh, they're going to get the ball, and, and they're going to put it up. So uh, you're basically just betting on whether they make or miss them. It's a make or miss league, as Doc Rivers used to say. And uh, NBA is also available to you on DraftKings. And you can still use my promo code for, for that sport and any other sport. And for people who ask, well, if I use your promo code and play for free on DraftKings, can I still win money? Of course you can still win money. You can win free money. Use my promo code. Pick. And speaking of promo codes, and since it's the holiday season, I'm going to tell you, you don't need to leave the house to go shopping in the next couple weeks because the best damn holiday gift that you could buy for someone is a pair of sunglasses, isn't it? Wrap them up, put them in a stocking, maybe just put them on somebody's face for them with a nice big bow. You can do that by just staying at home and going to foldies.com. Fold these sunglasses, they fold up so that you can throw them in your pocket and they can be available to you at any time. Go to foldies.com right now and use the promo code Danny, that's D-A-N-N-Y, to get 25% off. That's right, 25% off. Brand new, foldy sunglasses, free shipping on all U.S. orders, and a two-year warranty on all orders. Again, 25% off with the promo code Danny at foldies.com. It's the best damn holiday gift that you could get in the next couple weeks, and it's easy. Go online. Don't have to leave the house. Who doesn't want a new pair of sunglasses, especially foldies sunglasses? I am here twice a week, Mondays and Fridays, but you can listen whenever you want at dannypicard.com. Also, subscribe to this show on iTunes. If you don't have an iPhone or an iPad, subscribe on Google Play. Go to the Google Play Music Store and search The Danny Picard Show or go to somewhere on social media. I've linked it a million times. Check it out. Subscribe. Stitcher, tune in. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can get this show. Pete, nice job behind the board. Uh, Yeah, Rob Gomes, if you're listening... Ice up, son. Ice up. We need you back in here next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you Monday.